What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, sponsored by Roughneck Scars. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds lost a few games, but they got a few more games this week. And the Premier League is back. <laughs> so, Very quickly went over that. <laughs> they lost a few games. And... <laughs> yeah, Meh. you know, whatever. I mean... Josh, I saw your tweet right before this where you were like, this is really going to be depressing talking about these two Hounds losses. Like, do we really need to do this? So I, we make the rules. We don't have to. I feel we, like we got to talk about <laughs> it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we can just gloss it over. Like, ah, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Okay. All right. Well, uh, before we do that, I haven't talked to you guys in like two weeks. So, like, what's been going on? Josh, how have, how have you and Lisbon? Good. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've been busy with the Hound stuff going on and we got brand new shirts in at the Steel Army. So if you check Ooh. out the shop, we have a uh, new yellow Steel Army shirts as well as we got a new shipment of the Hounds Cometh shirts. Ooh. Um, those ones sold out pretty fast last time, like in the main sizes, like larges and mediums and that kind of stuff. So we got more stock of that. So yeah, it's uh, been going pretty well. And uh, other than, you know, having to watch the hounds lose two games in a row. Um, but yeah. Will you have some of those shirts at the game on Sunday? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I might have to snag a few. That's right. You're coming to a game in person. Why? What? I know. Right. Uh, yeah, no, we had the, the flex book that we sort of had to use. And I was like, we should schedule a game so that we don't forget to do this. And this was like a month and a half ago. I was like, Nope, that one won't work. That one won't work. That one kids man like this is had i not scheduled this one like it probably wouldn't have happened either because we were just talking off air my oldest just started um varsity soccer out here and it's like there goes your schedule from now till the end of october like three or four games a week practice in between that games on the weekends it's just non-stop so i'm preaching to the choir of a lot of people here who have kids and deal with this but we've been out of the not, circuit not us, for a while not yes. not you two but like yeah <laughs> other listeners I, I do have a question. I feel like we can't let this go unnoticed. Are you are you wearing a Ducks jersey right now? In fact, I am, Charlie nice. Conway. That's right. Um, yeah, it got a little bit chilly here, and I didn't want to go like full jacket. So this is like my like wake up in the morning having tea. Like throw this on. It's almost like a sweater. Um, yeah, this was this was something I've wanted since I was probably I don't know 10, 11 years old, and I got it for Father's Day this year. So. Like, for for listeners, Mighty Ducks, uh, Mighty, yeah, Mighty Ducks. movie, not like a Ducks jersey from yeah, yeah, yeah. The the original Mighty Ducks jersey. If you watched the um the series on Disney Plus, the the one that the team was wearing at the end, um, they're making a comeback. So nice, yeah. Kev, what have you been up to? Uh, I, I mean, you got the whole thing. I for I I jumped on thirty minutes early. We record at seven thirty. Obviously, those people who are tuning in live know this. Um, I jumped on at seven, and Michael was like, "What are you doing here?" So we just talked for a half hour. <laughs> no, 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 hold so, on. You showed up at like six fifty-five. I was like hanging up scarves and doing stuff, and I was like. <laughs> What are you doing here? And you were like, I'm trying to be good and get here early. And I was like, you realize we don't record till 6.30, right? And you were like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so usually I come in and I haven't talked to like anyone all day. And I just start talking. I'm worn out. I'm halfway. I'm, <laughs> I've done 45 now. It's halftime. You guys, you guys got to carry me for the second half. Um, now, my only update is, uh, yeah, we uh, watched Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever uh, yeah. recently. What did you know. think? Uh, wasn't yeah. the greatest. Wasn't the wasn't greatest. Wasn't great. Wasn't no. great. But, no. you know, we finished it and uh, we we enjoyed hating on it a little bit. But, you know. <laughs> Josh, I feel like you'd be more tapped into this to Kevin, but are there any DC movies that you look at that you get excited about now? I mean, Suicide Squad just came out. Uh, James Gunn directed it. He's the one that directed uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Great director. Movie uh, is available on HBO Max. Um, so if you already pay for that service, you can watch it. It's also in theaters. I have not watched it yet, but from okay. what I'm hearing, it's actually pretty good. It's a lot of fun. So if uh, you know, you're going to get excited about a DC movie right now, that's probably the one to be excited about. And supposedly the Batman's still going to come out sometime in the near future. That uh, one I'm interested in. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That one looks good. But uh yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi. I think that looks awesome. Um uh, Marvel. which is Marvel, yeah. not DC, but yeah. 
Uh, can you? Man, can we're you, really devoid. Can you this, feel right? that we're just? We do not want to get into these games. All right, let's do this. Let's let's package them together a little bit, and then, guys, we will just we can glance over our takeaways, um, positive <laughs> or negative, and we'll get through this together. It'll be cathartic. Everybody listening or watching, feel free to share your thoughts and your pain either with us live or just sending out vibes. But the Hounds basically went six games without a loss. Five of those were wins. And then they lost two in a row. So they lost three to two at home against Miami after being up two nothing. But I digress. And then they lost one nothing in a rain delayed match against Charlotte. So um, I guess positives, first of all, Tommy Williamson is like becoming a set piece specialist. This is now what his second or third set piece he scored off of, which like, I think this is the closest thing that the USL has to like James Ward Prowse. So like, that's, that's good. Um, and you know, Kenny's goal against Miami. I literally, I literally said out loud, Oh Lord. Like when, when he put it in, basically Dixon made the cross and Kenny, like, falling backwards, just rifled it as hard as he could into the corner of the net, leaving no doubt, um, which was fantastic. Um, those were kind of the only two positives for me in that Miami game. I, I mean, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about in that one? Or both of them? I said we'd blur them together. I, I mean, I, I do think we, we should focus on Kenny's goal as one of the highlights Uh for sure. In fact, I think it's up for goal of the week on uh, the USL page right now. So you can go vote for Kenny's goal. Uh, and also, uh, Kenny just had a child. And yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, that was kind of cool. You know, had the kid Congrats and to Kenny. Yeah. came great. to work a couple, you know, days later and scores a goal. So that's his first goal of the season, I believe. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a uh, pretty awesome. Um, I wish it was on a game where we won and uh we didn't turn off right after he scored that goal <laughs> and get two goals against us in the course of like, what, like a minute 30. How, how fast were those two goals? It, yeah. 52nd and 53rd minute. Oh, that's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah it was about a in minute. the course of a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there was a question or there was a comment that was posted to us in Twitter and I was actually thinking the same thing during the game at halftime. Miami started throwing in some subs. And in most cases, it's like halftime. Like, that's pretty early to be making changes. But when you actually watch how Miami got their goals, uh, a couple of times they were trying to play the ball over the top and beat us with speed. And this was something I've talked to Lily about just a few weeks ago, where he said he really wanted the guys to be better about recognizing when they were about to be played over the top and not get beat. Like, you need to, you need to be aware. And it felt like the guys were doing a good job of that. And right around halftime, um, basically Miami would keep playing the ball over the top. But if you watch, Francois would start to swing underneath, uh, basically between not not goal side of our defenders, but the opposite side of our defenders, basically anticipating that one of our guys was going to head it forward and then he would just be sitting there to poach it between our midfield and our defense. And that happened like two or three times over the course of the game. Um, in that second half, I should say. And that just brought, that just made me think, you know, that combined with the substitutions, is this a case where Lily was somewhat outcoached? Like, I, I, I don't know if, like, I could really say that in previous games, but this was a clear case where, like, we're up 2 nothing After Kenny's goal, I'm like, this thing's over. This is great. Like, let's coast it out. And then it was boom, boom, two more goals. And then we give up a pen late in the game and the team just looked flat defeated. I think it's just, it's, it's hard to say because at that point, then you're guessing what the intentions and plans and, and tactics for each coach were and, and how they changed the games. And I think it's, it's nearly impossible to see, but I mean, sure. Observing how certain events play out in the game can give you kind of a hint to that. But I, I do think it's a scenario where, I think generally we haven't faced a lot of adversity in the past 10 games or so where we've been asked like difficult tactical problems to solve. And I mean, I, I don't want to bring this up. I don't think it even warrants it, but we have had that conversation. This is like preseason talk of like, you know, 
do the players do a good enough job problem solving in real time Mm. or do they kind of lean on Lily constantly screaming from the sideline to kind of coach them through the game? Um, But I mean, I think that's, that could be a thing that could be going on, but I mean, I I think the bigger thing, you know, Josh is, Josh was, I think the first one to bring it up kind of regularly between the three of us with concerns over the defense. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, I don't know <laughs> because every, the midfield and the forwards are working so well together as far as creating chances. And, uh, you know, Griffin, Griffin has been doing a really good job kind of battling away in the midfield. You know, he sets up, he, he initiates the play if I'm remembering correctly for Forbes to school, um, where he lays it off to Dixon and Dixon crosses it over. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a few times where it's just, yeah, like, the, the defend our defense needed to make a decision whether or not to like try to control it and play it quickly or head it forward, head it backward, head it side, you know, and it's just, yeah, they, it, they're under pressure there. I mean, I think we're asking them to do a lot, right? We're not protecting our, our defense particularly, right? There's a way to do that. And it's to sit really deep. It's to have two holding midfielders sitting right in front of them and just, you know, clear out everything and essentially just ask them to put their foot through everything that comes near them. And we're not asking our defenders to do that. It's, it's, it's a harder system to play in. But that being said, I think, yeah, I mean, Miami, especially in the second half, kind of figured that out pretty quickly. And it's, and it's, it's been a running thing over the past few games. I mean, when was the last time we had a clean sheet? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay. So I, I don't think this is Lily being out coached because both goals uh, at, well, I know there was three, but both of the, you know, uh, run of play goals came from defensive mistakes. It's not like they were situations where it like, like literally we headed the ball into the, our own box and at the feet of an attacker. And that's how that goal happened. That first goal, like it would, it might as well have been a pass from his own player. Because that's how perfectly well timed that header was into our own box, um, and there was four guys in the back row and two guys attacking. It wasn't like you know we were outnumbered in the box. It we we had four players, uh, oh three players in the box, um, and there was two attackers. So I don't know. Like it doesn't feel like that that first one uh, was a situation that you can really say. Tactically, he was outplayed. Uh, so, do you, th- do you think it was just our defenders are having a bad run of games? They fell asleep. Like, and then that one, like, well, actually, both goals, especially because yeah. the other one was just a, a bad uh, a forward pass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it's just that was all, both defensive mistakes, and it looked sloppy and bad. <laughs> like, it was just not good defending. Um, I mean, even the pen, right? It's a little. Yeah, the pin was also a situation where was it uh, Killoin? I can't remember. Yeah, Killoin. Kill yeah, Kill yeah, Kill uh, yeah, it was. But at that, like, I don't. It's hard to blame him for that one because like Cheetah's fast and he got the ball and he's he's chasing him into the box. Like, what do you do? Like, do you just let him take that shot and like hopefully he misses? I guess. But you know, and I also thought it was a little bit soft. I, I didn't really feel like he tripped him up that much or anything like that. You could sort of tell by Cheetah's reaction that I think he knew it was soft too. Like the way he got up and celebrated the fact that he got the pen call, like clearly yeah. weren't hurt. They're really, you weren't selling it. It was just like, he got up and just like shouted to the heavens that he got himself a pen. And I, I read that as there was a very clear chance of going ahead after being two goals down. Yeah. I mean, you can't really blame him for, you know, cheering on that, but at the same time, he's public enemy, enemy number one now for the river hounds, because I gotta say when he scores that goal, that first one and he shushes us <laughs> what what like former player of the hounds yeah. shushing yeah. your former club like that mm, unfollowed on twitter right away yeah <laughs> yeah um another positive uh real quick is that uh borso got some minutes which when they subbed them in i was like who and Borso is an academy product that you know basically part of the whole usl academy pathway system I think they said he's 19, um, got his first minutes with the team, got a run out. Um, you know, hopefully it's the first of many uh, and he's the first of many that we see go through this, but, uh, that's cool. That's a good pickup. What is that part of, 
is that now like a thing because of that rule change that happened like a year ago or so where they don't need like contracts or whatever? Yeah. So basically the, the big issue was that if they go pro, then that hampers their college eligibility. Right. And now because of this pathway set up, that's not the case. They can, they can spend minutes playing with the pro team um, and still go off and play college uh, without issue. So, yeah. That's nice. I also got uh, uh, to see Casey Bartlett Scott. Uh, mm -hmm. CBS, uh, as we called him as soon as we saw his name, I'm like, oh, CBS, cool. <laughs> uh, like, you know, like two stick ideas start running through your head and all that <laughs> stuff. But yeah, uh, he came on as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's cool to see homegrown players. It's cool to see academy kids coming up. Like that's that's a exciting prospect of the future for the Hounds and for American soccer in general. General, just seeing that you know pipeline come to fruition. Yeah, we, we've been talking about it for years now, it feels like. So to see it start to play off is great. Um, I guess in the in the Charlotte game, I mean, Hounds kind of looked pedestrian. I will say, like, I don't I didn't feel like it was getting a lot of hype. But Charlotte's goal, like, as the ball came over the top, Para sort of like stuck his foot behind his back, his left foot, flicked the ball behind his back over his right shoulder. And then made the cross. Um, if you can go back and watch the replay, it was a beautiful setup. Everyone talked about, you know, Martinez's goal and how he sort of like slid into Vidiello or whatever. But the play was really the ball over the top and him just like flicking it to himself. And it just, it happened super quick. But uh, kudos to him. Like, I, I don't, we don't make a habit of like praising other players or other plays that aren't hounds. But I was like, that's kind of a highlight. So no, it, the whole game felt like we weren't on the front foot. We weren't making dangerous plays and we are just constantly absorbing dangerous plays and just hoping we got, you know, we eked it out and either got a sneaky goal or got a point out of it. Like I never felt confident in this game at all. And that goal, I mean, what you're talking about, it was cool, but at the same time, again, seeing like, I thought it was an own goal. Like I, I thought we actually slid in and hit the ball in. Um, granted, if we wouldn't have done that, it would have been a goal for, uh, the guy who ended up getting the goal, I can't remember his Martinez, name. Martinez, yeah, yeah, Martinez. But like it, 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 it just was frustrating. I, mean, it, although the, at least with that game, unlike Miami, I didn't feel like we deserved to win. <laughs> like it didn't feel like we were, you know, competing to win that game. Whereas with Miami, it felt like we deserved to win. Like before we turned right. off at the defense, it felt like th that was our game. Oh, I, like I said, after we after Kenny scored, I was like, that's it, it's over. Like it's done. Like we we. We've been we've been pressing this game. We've been keeping Miami at bay. We now have two. Like wrap it up. Like we're good. Even if Miami scores one, we're gonna be fine. And yeah. So, yeah. I'll be really curious to see if this affects any change with like lineups going forward. Like I like. I think you know. I'm not necessarily advocating for this, but earlier in the season, I think Kilwine in particular um, showed some ability to contribute to attack. Um, and ever since he's been more of that kind of part of that, I mean, it's not a, it's not a flat three, but I mean, you know, part of that back five, the attacking emphasis comes from playing Dixon there or playing Wharton there or playing Perez there. And, you know, the, the other three defenders are there to essentially defend um, if in reaction to, to maybe being a bit defensive, defensively leaky, that's not a great sentence. Um, he does something where, you know, he puts Kilwine at left wing back is a bit more conservative, puts another body back there and tries to sort out the, the defense in that way. I'm not saying that's particularly what the issue is with defense. I think it is more of just you know, Josh, you mentioned like individual mistakes in, in, in the Miami game. And I don't think necessarily another person solves that issue. Um, I don't know what solves that issue. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, even in the, in the, in the Charlotte game, you know, I, they created more chances than us. I mean, that rarely happens um, over the course, especially over the, over the past few games. And yeah, I mean, like Mike, you, you mentioned like the flick that led up to Charlotte's goal. I mean, right before that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only, I only remember it in this, in this much detail because I'm watching it right now. Um, but I, I remember, like, you know, V came out to make a header and he just missed it. Like, 
when you're when you're two on two with your defenders, once again, a hard thing to do. This isn't. I'm not saying this is easy, and I'm not trying to you know dump a lot of things on here. But our our, our center backs are essentially two on two with the Charlotte uh, forwards. You can't miss a header when you're 30 yards away from your own net, and in that situation, um, it just it can't happen. And then you know we we lose by one nil. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm not necessarily like I said. I'm not necessarily advocating for a change in in like okay, no more Dixon at wing back, no more Perez at at wing back. We're, you know, let's go back to Rivera and Kilwine over there and throw another center back. You know, but it's maybe it's it's I don't know. It's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, <laughs> you guys are like, no, I don't want to talk about this. Like, that, no. <laughs> what I was gonna say was like, I think our best team is getting the minutes like i i feel like yeah. the the best players are out on the field regularly and it's yeah. and that's what sucks about this it's it's not like a situation where i'm like oh i think lily can make a tactical change and fix this issue i i i think it's just we need you know the players who we have to soccer better and it's it's a situation where i feel like they can i don't feel like this is hopeless like i don't want that to you know sound like what i'm saying is like you know we're we're screwed we are a good team like there's a reason why we're you know tied for first fighting that first second place right now it's because we're a good team we we are it's just we do have weaknesses and we have to try to fix those weaknesses and it's going to be training and just getting better and gelling and and i think uh burger brand he he mentioned it, it felt like you know we've been clicking our defense has been clicking but then these games happen and, and and we gotta also remember these games are all happening so close to each other this is a rough patch of games for the hounds like this isn't like we're you know getting a lot of rest and we're we're seeing the hounds at their best this is the hard stretch of the season the hardest stretch that we have yeah. and we're in the thick of it so i mean it it I don't want to overreact and be like, you know, gloom and doom. Cause I don't think that it is gloom and doom, but yeah. this is the hard part of the season. And normally this would be what we would be dealing with, with like open cup games and like, you know, a lot of midweek games, but now we just have it on regular season and it's, it's rough and it, it really sucks to have to go through it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. We also got, I think, two more weeks of this. Yeah, where it's going to be back and forth, and then and then once we get through that, it'll be back to one game a week for the rest of the season. So that'll be nice, and I think a lot of other teams are going to have a cramp schedule towards the end. So it's all going to come out in the wash. Um, I think my one comment, and I've been sort of reserving this for the past few weeks, but thinking about it, you know, back when we had you know Toby Atawale, um, it felt like you know, he was young and because he was young, the coaching staff often, and I can't even remember, Toby spent a year under Lily, maybe one or two. I can't remember how many years he was with us, but it always felt like they always paired him with somebody that was slightly more experienced. So it was either Greenspan or it was Hugh Roberts or it was something because it was there. Like you could see that he was going to be a really good player, but he needed time. I just have not been really impressed by, by the, at all like i there have been too many errant passes too many poor decisions and i don't know if it's just that he's young and like we need somebody with i mean williams has a lot of experience and he's back there sort of helping out but wheat is like the anchor like he's he's there in the middle holding things down and it's just yeah for me with with v it's it's the potential i i've seen examples where there's potential but it's just the inconsistencies earlier in the season he would have games where i thought he showed huge maturity and you know under pressure controlled the ball well and distributed it well i remember i was being really impressed with him i forget the game but yeah with his distribution he kept the ball moving really well he would he wasn't just knocking it off to the wing back he was finding passes in the midfield and, and cutting through the opposition midfielders and um it, it's there, but yeah, I mean, and, and I also, I wonder, I think a lot of the times when we, when we talk about like the, the stretches of games where we have midweek games, um, at least in my mind, I'll use my I pronouns. Um, you know, I think about like it being physical uh, exhaustion being the issue. And I mean, like 
mental, psychological, emotional exhaustion is a thing too, especially for away games, midweek games, when you're, when you have games back to back, when you're playing a lot, you know, I, I'm, I'm the only reason I'm thinking of this, uh, you know, I, I'm a Liverpool fan. Van Dyke came back from a big injury in a preseason game in a post-match interview. You know, he got 60 minutes and the interviewer asked him, like, how was it? And he he said, like, it was really emotionally draining for him. And, like, he had to kind of come off, not necessarily because he was physically tired, but just a lot to handle kind of being back out there for the first time and, and getting everything. And and so, I mean, that that could be a scenario, too. I think, yeah. So when, when games are jam-packed together, I don't necessarily think – like center backs can play all day. They're probably running the least out of everyone on the field. And, you know, being – yeah, being in those scenarios when things aren't going your way, it's that, that could be tough too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, call out one person individually because obviously it took the whole team to lose. But, um, but yeah, it's just – yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else about these two games before we move on and talk about? We've already spent way too long talking about them. <laughs> I feel. Um, I mean, I, there is like even though these are a hard stretch of games, like this is where we need to dig deep and get you know a point out of the game. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you have to win every single game you go out there, and especially when it's this compact of a schedule. But these are the games where you have to, you know, at least hold your ground and you know just dig out a, a a point here and there and just losing both these games was so it's like come on like we needed at least a point on one of these like yeah. to keep us in the running because yeah it's i feel like we're still you know a lot for the playoffs but i want first or second place because i want to have a home playoff game like that's that's huge and that yeah. you know it means a lot to the fans and to be able to see the playoffs so it's get a first or second place so we can have a home playoff game that should be the goal. It shouldn't be to make the playoffs. It should be first or second place. So hopefully we see that coming up. I was, was going to say the Hounds have a shot at a six-point swing come Wednesday when uh, Tampa comes to town. Kev, you want to talk about you talk one about, more I, thing? What, one more thing. Josh I, set it up so nice. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Kev. Knock it all down. No, I, I, it's particularly in the – in the. I mean, well, yeah. I thought Vitiello had a, a, a pretty strong game against Charlotte. I think, you know, when – when a lot of the discussion is we're not keeping clean sheets yeah. and the defense isn't playing that well, I thought, you know, yeah, Vitiello showed his class. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even, I'm, I don't, I'm not a huge critic of him this season. I, like, I, I think, which obviously, is rare. You, you typically go after the keepers a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you about yeah. to go Like, you typically do. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you about ready to go after Leaker, though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for the you know three i wasn't going swing. to i was, uh, I was just gonna just kind of move past that i just vitiello had a good game that's all yeah okay well good hopefully vitiello has another good game on wednesday there i'm gonna try to transition back <laughs> into it since kevin took us off course who even knows if he's starting who knows but anyway so guys we got back-to-back home games coming up we got tampa on wednesday at 6 p.m and then atlanta on sunday at 7 p.m um tampa is basically coming off of two wins they got a 2-1 win over red bulls a 1-0 win over hartford on friday so they're not necessarily playing you know back again as quickly as we are but they're on a shortened schedule as well so you know all things being even we're closer to even than not um but again they haven't been commanding wins in the way that we saw them earlier this season so i definitely think that tampa could be had uh, Atlanta is sort of the surprise one because I think we always tend to think of these two teams as being a bit of a joke, but, uh, you know, they, last week they beat sporting KC four to one, um, two games before that they beat, uh, Indy six to two. Uh, they've scored 12 goals in their past three games and they have a plus seven goal differential and our past three games, we've only scored five goals and we have a negative one goal differential. So like, as weird as it is to say, I'm almost more worried about the Atlanta game than the Tampa game. I'm worried about both because I think that Tampa has far larger implications. But, uh, you know, Captain Robbie Mertz, uh, or I, I guess it's Robbie Mertz Jr., will be leading Atlanta, too, out in the Highmark Stadium uh, this week, which it'd be interesting to talk to him, uh, see how that feels coming back as the captain of this team. Um, but uh, what do you feel about this scenario? 
like Josh already said about Francois, like, all right, he unfollow. Like, no, like what? <laughs> mainly because of what he did after he scored or whatever. But like, you know, is no, is, is Mert still close to our hearts? Yes. Uh, yes. I think I think the way that, you know, I'm Mert, just trying to stir the pot. No, no, no. No, I think I, I can't remember the circumstances under which Francois left, whether we just didn't give him another contract or he was able to get more money somewhere else. The case of Robbie Mertz, from what we hear, part of the reason why he went to Atlanta United 2 was because he knew he would have eyes from Atlanta's MLS team on him, and there was more of an opportunity for him to step up. And we've always said, if you have an opportunity to go to MLS, like, go. Like, go with our blessings. Like, that's part of this whole deal. And especially somebody like Robbie, who we've talked to a number of times, um, he did press uh, amazingly all across the city. I remember listening to interviews and people on the radio just raving like, here's this kid who's like a pro soccer player that actually knows how to talk and like be eloquent in what it is that he's saying, unlike a lot of the other sports uh, stars that they interview. So no, I think his family's still here. Like if he scores, I don't see him shushing the crowd. Like exactly, I, it, it's yeah. just not going to happen. Um, he's Ooh, likely going to... Oh, he's likely going to hang around and like, you know, maybe want to meet with the steel army afterwards or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I, it's just not his personality. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But. And it's also, it's Atlanta too. I don't know. Like it's, it's not in our division or whatever yeah. our yeah. conference. Uh, so it, it's a little bit different situation. We're not battling with, with, you know, Atlanta to make the playoffs. This is a game that's important for us because it's a chance to pick up points and you know, that's always important, but it's, it's definitely not the same type of feel as uh, Miami and the competitiveness there. But I'm, I mean, I honestly, even with those big numbers, I think that six, two against Indy 11 says more about Indy 11 than it does about Atlanta. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Like Indy's a joke right now. Like that's just yeah. crazy. And getting four goals against Kansas city. It's like, yeah, it's Kansas city. Like I'm, I'm not feeling too, I don't know. I, I, I still Listen, feel like the Rowdies is the game where I'm I'm most worried about, and I, we need to at least get a point out of that game. I mean, obviously, I would love to get three points out of the game because of the swing there, but I'm I'm not thinking of Atlanta at all, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, I I get everything you're saying, but I'm also trying to remember the last time we got four goals in a game or six goals in a game, like regardless of opponent. So. I totally, I, I'm totally with you though. I think from the mindset of if you're putting these two games on a scale, like you're going to weigh Tampa a lot more heavily because the points are going to matter a lot more. It'll be interesting to see what Lily does personnel wise. Um, you would assume that he would try to play his best guys against Tampa. And then, you know, you figure you have a few days break and you see who's ready for Atlanta on the flip side. Then they essentially have a week. Um, you know, basically I think it's from Sunday to Saturday and then you'll have a Saturday and then a Wednesday game. So you have a little bit of time to recoup after that. But um, we have to see Vidiello. I think Vidiello has to be in goal against yeah. uh, the Rowdies. I, I would be very surprised if he's not, even though it's going to be two games in a short amount of time. He's, he needs to be in goal. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just looking at the, the central division. Cause I'm, I was curious about the other teams. Has Sporting won a game? I honestly don't think. Yeah, I don't know. That's ridiculous. If it's and not man, in our division or conference, I don't know it exists. No, so. exactly. <laughs> Same here. That's why I wasn't sure about this. But like, I see one win so far in this whole. I mean, okay, they won two games. Okay, cool. If we look wow. at our Loudon, uh, even Loudon has two wins. So, you know, they're yeah. doing better than sport. Yeah, one of them is against us. Negative <laughs> oh, <laughs> 20 goal differential. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. For Loudon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I threw this up on the screen for those listening. This is the uh, Atlantic division standings a little bit sooner than I had hoped, but <sighs> things are tight guys. Like, you know, we were, Tampa has played two less games than we are, and we're tied on points near the top at 33. And then Miami has the same number of games as us, but they're only two points back. Charlotte seemed hell-bent on making it into the playoffs this year, and they're at 26, but they also have two games at hand on us. 
and you got Hartford and the battery, you know, charging right behind them. There are going to be two legitimate playoff teams in this division that don't make the playoffs this year. Like it's just, that's just how it's going to shake out. Um, I, yeah, this is, I mean, this is the, the, this is the division of death. Um, the good, the good thing is, I mean, Hartford's the only example where this might not be the case because they have goal difference on us, but at least now with the points tallies and the games played, everyone behind us now on the table is like behind yeah. us. You know what I mean? Which is, which is, I don't we, know. We it, hold, it really we hold should, the destiny in our hands is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 It really shouldn't matter, but like, I just like logical consistency and, <laughs> and how things rank and everything. It's just easier to think about. Um, whereas, okay, you know, we're chasing Tampa. All right, cool. Like, yeah. and, and we have to worry about a few people on our, on our, on our tail. Um, which is why, yeah, I mean, this Tampa game is, is just huge and it's going to be, yeah, I'm super pumped for it at Highmark. Hopefully we have good, a good turnout, good weather, um, you know, full, full lineup, uh, you know, full strength lineup as we determine it. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. Should we do an over under for these next two games? Or does it you, matter? You love an over or, under, but no, 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 but but no, but then notice that we don't do it when you're not hosting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did notice that last week. By the way, I did listen to the show. Um, Kev, I appreciated your Jack Grealish dig. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I, but I don't think it matters. I think we've just sort of said that like Tampa, Tampa is the focus. So if we say like over under yeah. is like three and a half. Well, then if I here, tell you Mike, that we get if we get one point against Tampa and three against Atlanta, like does it? Do we care? That's what I was gonna say. I'll, I'll I'll try to make it more spicy in your in your way of thinking of things. If if I said we lose against Tampa, but you get a guaranteed three points against Atlanta, would you take it? I mean, at this point, I would take a guarantee <laughs> guarantee three points. Definitely, like I out, it, of, it out of these two games, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, but but like but it's against Atlanta, so Tampa right. beats us, right? But then we beat Atlanta. If, if I offer my, you that now, would you take it? I mean, I again, I would take three points, even if it's not against Tampa, because we yeah. need th- we need wins. Like we need points. It would suck if, if my goal is to have us be in the top two, so that way we get home playoff game. I want to beat Tampa a lot. I want to be the top of the division a lot, but I'm more concerned about just not getting yeah. the third or fourth. So like three points. Sounds pretty darn good right now. I mean, obviously, yeah. I would rather have three points against Tampa than against uh, Atlanta, but I, it's hard to say no to three points. I mean, when you start playing the laws of probability, right? Uh, over these two games, we could end up with no points, one point, two points, three points, or six points. That's so, how math works. Those are the only. Yes. So there's so there's there's five options, and Kev, you're giving us like the fourth best option. Yeah. out of that out of that stack so sure. considering that we just lost our last two i think i take the three points as well because it's better off having three than having two or one or zero um but i mean i think that tells you a little bit about sort of our mental state as fans and as a team right now where if we had this conversation two games ago we'd be like you're crazy we're getting all six we're you know we just won four of our last five or we just won you know five of our last six like we're going into this we're going to take both atlanta and tampa over under is set at four and a half points or five points or whatever it is. But like after you know two what? losses, you got to write that shit, man. So that's the other thing is like, I, I think losing three in a row would be really tough. <laughs> it would like, be tough. It would be, it would, would, well, here's a better question then two draws. Would you be happy with two draws? Like if, honestly, if, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two draws. So that way we, we get that, you know, off our shoulder, that chip off our shoulder where it's a situation where we're, we're losing games. We don't lose two games in a row. Um, kind of ramp us into the back half of these this compact schedule, and then hopefully with the rest after um, what we have a rest after uh, Atlanta, yeah. right? After yeah. Atlanta, we have we have uh, we we play on Sunday, and then our following game is Saturday, so we have so, almost yeah. a full week. Yeah, yeah. so like I, I feel like that would be great, but that would be um, nice. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't want two losses, obviously. Like that's my big yeah. fear because I'm worried about the mental fatigue of that happening. Four losses in a row—that's going to be really tough on the players. 
I mean, yeah, I four, four, four losses in a row is like legit falling off a cliff territory. Like that's that's, that's like a, it, that's, that's like Indy crash. last year territory or Tampa exactly. like out of the first few games of the season territory. So yeah. yeah. And it's hard to get that off your mind as a player, I, I imagine. And like, that's what I don't want to see. Yeah. Um, so like I would take two points, honestly. Like, I just don't want us to get into this rut where we feel like, yeah. you know, the whole world's against us. Like, I, I, I want to see this team not have that to worry about. So obviously I want to win. I, I want to win all the games. I, I want my victory beverages, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to split hairs even more here. I know, Mike, that was a great facial expression. Um, but, okay, like, fine, you take two draws. In what manner are those draws? Would you rather okay, us no. not... No, hold on. No, just no, no, wait. No, no. Just hold on. I just want to point out that I typically come in here with the over-under, and you guys give me an eye roll, like, here we go with this over-under. And both of you have come up with scenarios that you are totally into in trying to sell. Yep. So like, all right, yep. go ahead, Kev, give us your scenarios of the draws. No, I would just, okay, so like, would you rather us not score, but finally get some clean sheets? Kevin's like, if Lily is wearing a gold polo <laughs> instead of a black one, how do you feel about that? Would you, you rather us yell- get, <laughs> would you rather us get some clean sheets and have it be two nil nils? Or would you rather it be like three, 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 three or something? And then we, you know, we keep scoring. Well, Kev, in the manner of things, are we coming from behind to draw three right, three? Let's or are we losing on. three three? If you're not gonna take this exercise seriously, Michael, <laughs> then we should just move on. <laughs> this coming from the guy whose phrase used to be, I reject your question and yeah. I'm answering another one. So yeah. But to answer the question, clean <laughs> sheets would be better because we do have a defense that's shaky and it would be nice to see the defense actually perform. I agree. I'm more worried about our defense than I am about our offense. So therefore, clean sheets would be nice to have, even if it's a zero-zero draw, just to give them that confidence boost. There you I'll, go. I'll be, I'll be I'll be quiet for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So, uh, guys, the uh, the Premier League is back. Um, Kevin has already <laughs> said he's going to be quiet. Um, I wanted to to give a shout out. Join the uh, if if you play. Uh, fantasy Premier League. Head over to the fan or the Premier League app. Join the Fantasy Premier League. We have a Mongols Fantasy League. Uh, someone whose name we've been dropping a ton on this show is part of that league. Golden Glove winner Danny Vidiello. He took second this past week with 89 points. He had a really strong week. He captained Mo Salah and also had Bruno Fernandez in his squad. So kudos to him. Uh, that was a really good call. Um, Guys, thoughts on week what? What yeah, you want to talk now, don't no, you? No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, Before yeah. even the Premier League stuff, right, I have yeah. one more Riverhounds thing to say. And then oh, geez. <laughs> no, I just noticed Burger Brand mentioned, you know, Mertz coming back to Pittsburgh will be good. I honestly I don't know why. Look, I have nothing wrong against Mertz. Mertz was great for us. I I love I loved watching him play in a shirt. I love that he's a Pittsburgh dude, but I really want to see like him and Griffin going for a 50-50 and Griffin just like clatter him in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> just, just Danny Earls him? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Get the yellow. Josh Gatt happens not to be injured somehow. Like, out of nowhere, like kind of like WWF style. That's what like, I want. Who is that? Who's that? Is that his music? That's his music and you see him just come down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not going to be Griffin. It's going to be Rivera because like yeah, he's right. the one who plays with that edge that like, uh, it, it might anyway, happen. Yeah, we can talk about the Premier League now. I just, I just <laughs> back wanted... to the Premier League. Josh Burger Brand said, "Up the toffees." How do you Heck feel yeah. about that? Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, also, a shout out to uh, Bulldogs Pub um, in Morningside. Uh, so the Pittsburgh toffees. We had a watch party, and I had never been to Bulldogs Pub, and I was a little bit like, "Oh, this place looks a little bit small from the pictures," and like I wasn't sure if it was going to be that great. Our usual stomping grounds, they, they're not open right now in the mornings. So we went, and uh, that place is awesome. Like, I, I really enjoyed uh, Bulldogs Pub. So if you haven't been there, check it out. Uh, the owner, Jesse, he is fantastic, and he loves soccer. And he even made the joke that, like, his regulars, because he bought the bar. So the people who have always been going there, like, now they, they pretend to like soccer just so they can get free beer from him because they know how much of a <laughs> soccer fan he is. Like, like, oh, you have a, you know, MLS jersey on. What's that all about? Like, yeah, yeah, soccer's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's turned that place into a great, you know, soccer 
atmosphere and he he's definitely opening up for all the premier league games so if you need a place since pipers right now is an open to watch premier league uh give them a shot is as is he made it like an official toffees bar or is it just like, no oh, no okay like, all right like we're not even sure if it's going to be like the official toffees the bar place. for us yeah, yeah. yeah it's just right now that was a place that was an option and yeah. uh we had like i think three of the five tvs uh dedicated to the toffees Sweet. so it was, yeah. you know, they had other games going on in the other TVs, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I saw the pictures that you and Liz had posted on Instagram. It looked like it, it was a good time. So that's awesome. Um, and the Toffees got the win. So kudos to you against Southampton. Southampton. These guys going to Southampton. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, it was great. Into. It was great to see a win. And, you know, uh, I'm still scared of the season. And we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, you're, good. you're a Toffees fan. That comes with the territory. Yes, That's exactly. Actually, look, look I, I saw, like, there's a poll. I think it was on the Atlantic or whatever. And it was, like, they, they did a survey. And they were ranking how hopeful each set of fans are. Um, yeah, Everton was dead last. You guys are, like, <laughs> the, the least hopeful Hope is where they kill you, all right? If you don't have any hope, you can't get hurt, all right? You can be pleasantly surprised, and that's the way I like to live my life, pleasantly surprised. That's true. <laughs> Listen, that was that was the whole reason why last year when you guys forced me to pick a team, I went with Aston Villa, was because I said, if they win a game, like, great. Like, there's excitement over winning games as opposed to if you're a livable fan, you're worried about losing. Because if you lose a game, like, that's... Not, I don't want to go true. into every game worried we're going to lose. Yeah, that's true. So, like, yeah. Um, so, Kev, how did you feel about Liverpool's win over... Was it Norwich? Yeah. No, it looked good. I mean, I think th those are always trap games. I mean, I think both... What, all three promoted teams had a home game the first week of the season villa got trapped so yeah, yeah no and I, I it's hard i mean because look it's the first game of the season you know the premier league hasn't stomped out any you know hope that you have as a newly promoted side yet you haven't been grinded down by playing city and then chelsea and then you know united three weeks in a row um and so yeah you know it's not january and you're sitting on 15 points you know it's you have everything to hope for and yet you know this is the first time that the stadium could have been full and for like 18 months so i mean that was gonna those are always really tough games arsenal saw that against brentford um so no i mean the fact that liverpool beat norwich in the, in the manner that they did yeah i was really really happy and and with the midfield that we had um you know without henderson and tiago or fabinho starting but um, no, it's interesting. I, but, and yeah, I think maybe the bigger narratives around conversation points is, you know, will Kane go? And then what do you think about, you know, Messi going to PSG and Barcelona being over a billion dollars in debt? <laughs> I listen, I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that when we haven't talked about this, I thought it was interesting that the day after city paid a hundred million for Jack Grealish, Messi goes on a free to, to PSG. Like, I wonder if Pep's kicking himself there. Like, you know, I could have just had Messi, but um, yeah. I don't I, think so. I, mean, it, I, I think there, there, there's been articles written about Messi going to PSG being the perfect analogy of the current state of like European soccer and just how kind of soulless it is. Like there really wasn't any, like he Messi couldn't have gone anywhere else. Right. Like if, if he, if he want like, no one else can pay his salary. It, it would have been City or PSG. Like I feel like that's it. And and City already spent like the bank on Grealish, and now they're going to try to spend it again on Kane. But yeah, yeah. So I and 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 now Barcelona are like, and it was interesting how he left too, right? I mean, because like a year ago, Messi's like, "Hey, I want to leave," and now he's crying like, "I don't want to leave," and blah blah blah. And it's like it was this perfect storm of like. They're, they're like blaming La Liga and they're blaming previous management and like, well, we can't do anything. And Messi's like, I'd love to stay, but like, you know, Spanish law says I literally can't. And like, and now he's <laughs> off the PSG. Yeah. And so it's just, it's an interesting state of the world where once again, I mean, I, I kind of make the analogy of, you know, Super League was only six months ago. And, uh, and in a state of the world where we're not satisfied, cl our club spending only what they make. You know, this is this is 
this is how this is the natural conclusion of everything. You know, Messi Messi goes to a a state backed club in Paris that just throws money at everything and you know laughs at FFP and um and you know city laugh at ffp and everyone laughs at ffp and so yeah it's it's uh i, I oh, think i i love pep's rationale too he was like we didn't spend 100 million on jack Grealish. we spent 20 million on jack Grealish because like we sold all of these other players and it was fun and it's like no dude like we know what happens here like we're not we're not dumb yeah <sighs> yeah um yeah on the Villa front, I do think that Villa are going to be better without Jack with some of the signings they brought in. Their preseason was total shambles. Like, I think they ended up playing two out of the four scheduled games. A lot of them were canceled, like, last minute because of COVID stuff. And that first half, they just – they didn't show up at all. Like, at all. They just looked awful. Um, so, I do think that they will right the ship and they will be okay. And um, they have a couple of things they need to iron out, but – I still think they finish in the top half. Yeah, I think you guys would be fine. Um, I think I I was really impressed with Wofford, and you know the the, the atmosphere was really bouncing, yeah. and so and Sar looks incredible. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people like teams have been sniffing around him, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I thought Everton looked good too. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's I'm I'm really excited about the Premier League se- uh, season because I I don't I don't think it's going to be another example where you have one or two teams break in 95 points. I think there's going to be, it's going to be more evenly spread this season. I guarantee you the end of it, the top four will look very similar or the top five or the top six or whatever. But I think our pathway to that will be I mean, a bit more competitive. All right, real quick. And then we're going to get out of here. Give me your top four in the premier league this season. Kev, go. I look, usually I'm, well, maybe not. You can tell me I'm not, but I feel like usually I'm pretty realistic when it comes to Liverpool and, and like Liverpool chats or whatever. I, I think this whole flying under the radar thing benefits Liverpool hugely. I think we've we've played really well. I'm back in Liverpool for the league. Um, I think I think they'll win it. Um, I think I mean Chelsea. I was super impressed with with how they you know Thomas Tuchel and and, the, and how he. I mean, just like they started last season. German managers, man. They just like <laughs> they they started last season with Frank Lampard, you know, and, <laughs> and like, and they end up winning the European Cup with you know with that team. And I think Lukaku is incre- I think Lukaku is incredible, and I think he's exactly the missing piece that they were looking for. And I, I'll, yeah, so I'll be I'll be curious how that all shakes out. I'll say Liverpool, Chelsea, City, United. Although I think Tottenham will do a hell of a lot better than people expect them to. See, I think Tottenham's going to pull an Arsenal. I think they're both going to blow a tire and they're going to be lower to the, they're going to be closer to the midway line than either team is hoping. But Josh, who's your top four? Brentford winning it all. No, I'm Brentford. <laughs> the, Brentford are like my, like, I don't know, like my Cinderella team. Like if I wasn't yeah. supporting Villa, I'd be like, I'm, I'm the bees. Man. I like Brentford. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Man, right, Brentford, ahead, like we're able to do it, like pull a Lester. Like how cool would that be? That would be <laughs> so fun. But yeah, but yeah it's probably going to be like Man United, Chelsea, uh, Man City. And I, yeah, I guess Liverpool. I don't want to say Liverpool. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say, say it. You don't have to. No, no, but there's no one else. I, I was going to say, who else are you going to say at this point? <laughs> it's like, uh, I, Lester? Lester? Tottenham. It could be Lester? No, it's going to be Liverpool. Rafa yeah. Benitez, Everton. I mean, Everton, I feel like it's going to do good, but like I, my, my top tier for Everton is always six plays. I'm like, we're going to get six. We're going to do it. And then they disappoint do you, me. Do you think you'll get six this season? They're gonna do it. I, I believe in sixth place. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I can, see, I can see Everton. I, I mean, I can see Everton get five or six. Like I said, I think I'm worried that the whole Harry. I'm not worried. I think the whole Harry Kane thing could end up being a huge distraction at Tottenham, and the whole Dan Levy just being a tool. Like people are gonna get upset. I know Son did well. They they did well enough against City to eke out a goal, even though they were dominated in that game. Um, my top four are going to be, you know, I think it's good. If, if Harry Kane goes to city, I think it's city, Chelsea, Liverpool United, unfortunately. Um, and then I think, you know, rounding out that top seven, I would love to see Everton Villa and I don't know. 
I don't even know who after that. I think Spurs want to be in there. I think Arsenal want to be in there. I'm, Lester. I mean, Le- oh, Leicester. Yeah, I'd put Leicester in that top seven. I just said Leicester like two minutes ago for fourth. Um, I'm, I am worried about Arsenal. Like, I think they're, they caught a lot of flack after this loss. And I think Arteta's leash is going to be really short here really quickly if they don't come out and ha- get some blowout wins. So, yeah. Genuine. I mean, both, this is my last quick question. Like, from from the clubs that both of you support, is there like, do you just like across the board just hate like the top six? Yes, just like yeah. Look, I, mean, I, I don't hate the top six, but I I don't I don't know like always feeling like I can break into the top six like yeah. if Everton can be in there. It's like let's do it, let's do it, and then I never blame the top six. I'm like oh man, you know they're so much better than us. I always look at us falling apart and be like well. Yep, that's why that happens. Like it's really hard to like feel anything towards top six when you're in tenth or twelfth place. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, yep, didn't even right. come close. Right. So they're in a different world. It doesn't matter to me. Like it's. Yeah. <laughs> I think that my disdain for the top six is more right now uh, <laughs> directed at like Pep and City because you know you literally win the league last year and Pep's out like we have to sign Jack Grealish and we have to sign Harry Kane and I'm like no. You really, really don't. Like, you just won the league. I I mean, I still have a ton of respect for Pep. I thought he did amazing things at Barcelona. But, I mean, you look at his history, there can be a lot that's said about him bouncing to teams that are already champions, and he just, like, convinces them to spend a lot of money on all the players he wants. Like, try, you know... Go pick up Leeds and make Leeds a champion, and then we'll see. Yeah, how but that's not what he does. Those are two different jobs. But that's what I mean. Like it's it's. But I I I, so I personally think the, 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 we're gonna stay stay here forever. But I personally <laughs> think that's the, that's the equivalent of me being like, well, Mike, why don't you just like do Josh's job in real life? Like, why don't you just do that? Like, it's like it's reasonable for you to not be able to do that because you just don't have that technical skill set that josh has to do his job and vice versa i couldn't do your job like i and I, I couldn't do any of your jobs so but then but then that brings back the question of like what are you actually good at like i feel like <laughs> no, no, i no, ask no. myself that question all the time <laughs> no but i and i don't i don't mean that in a derogatory way and i feel like the wheels are completely off at this point but like are you better at getting the best out of the players that you have or are you good at managing big personalities to get them to play together? And that's those are two totally different things. And I think I think the thing for me, at least, with Pep Pep arguably created the greatest side in football history. And even you if you t- wait, get- wait, wait, which one? You talking about Barcelona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't even argue that he created that because when he took over. No, they had, game, Mike. they had a game where eleven of their 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 starting eleven all mm. came through La Masia. So but it like, doesn't matter. Like you, you give that same starting lineup to, I don't know, um, David Moyes. Like they're not the same. <laughs> they're, they're not the same. <laughs> That's my point, right? Like it still takes someone to do that, and and I think he, you know, he did that, and so I think it's 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 just a different game. But but more anyway. importantly, more importantly, Jurgen Klopp got eye surgery he doesn't wear glasses now and he looks stupid <laughs> he looks so much better with his glasses i totally missed that yeah i will say i was watching the game and, and riley my wife was sitting next to me and he also this season like the track suit for liverpool yeah. it looks like a fake gucci knockoff and i'm just like he looks like he belongs in like entourage at this point like his <laughs> mouth is just like open he just rolled out of bed yeah it's just he does look worse. I, I agree with you, Josh. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm glad we can all agree on that, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's as good a place as any to stop. Um, just as a reminder, like we said, uh, come join us. Be part of the craziness in our Mongols Fantasy League. Like we said, you can come hang out with Danny Vidiello, who's in there tearing things up right now. Um, but honestly, you just play fantasy, and you also join our league. There's nothing else to it. And the winner... We're going to give away something free. I've got like yeah. hats and a jersey and like socks. We got tons of Mongol swag. So we'll give something away to the winner. So spread the word, um, get in the league and uh, and compete. And you might get something cool. So, all right, guys. Uh, obviously, best of luck to the Hounds on Wednesday against Tampa and then Sunday against Atlanta. Um, I will be at the Atlanta game with the fan. So if you see me, say hello. I'm 
we're we're supposed to be sitting in a section. We're just going to be sitting with the Steel Army. So like you know that's that's just how it works. Um, so yeah, really really looking forward to getting to my first game this season, which like it's been way too long for that. But that I think is it for this one. Thanks again to everybody. Head over to mongols.com, support the show, become a Patreon follower. This is your weekly reminder, as always, that Black Lives Matter. Huge thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a completely custom kit for your youth squad, Sunday league squad, or Dollar Ribbon Pro team? Check out IcarusFC.com for all of your kit needs. That's IcarusFC.com. Head over to BGN.FM to get all the latest on USL news and world soccer news. we got over 100 contributors that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. As always, we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.